we're doing the Rain Trust podcast, and I'm Adam Vass, the tabletop game designer in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And I'm Leo Ups, a tabletop game designer in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Adam, what's up? What are you doing? You're under some kind of tornado watch? I'm feeling a little... Of, uh, the, the sirens are blaring uh, for this episode. Um, <laughs> chaos watch, for sure. Everyone, if you're listening to this podcast, get in the doorways. <laughs> uh, Brace yourself. That's right. It's prime condition for a volatile storm, as it has been for a few days in both of our uh, areas. I think it's um, really fucked up that North America has Tornado Alley, and it doesn't have any kind of beneficial area. Like, it only seems to have, like kind of a very difficult high level zone right in the middle yeah hey here over here this part we call that tornado alley because they get really frequent violent tornadoes it's like oh yeah what's um so why do people want to live there Uh, oh they live there because one time the dust got kicked up so bad it created a micro ice age (laughs) and everyone wrote about it they're just kind of here. Yeah, no, um, we don't actually, like, do anything about the tornadoes. We're just aware that they will be here. <laughs> and we spread uh, literature for how to fix it. Okay, so you got Tornado Alley. I'm just looking at California as f- that's on fire. That's kind and, of just a fire and, risk. And earthquakes. That's, like, the big thing there. Oh, yeah, they're, you're waiting for... I'm glad you don't the big there one. anymore. The big one is coming. Um the Northeast has Boston. Do I need to go on? <laughs> we got hurricanes in the Southeast, where also is Florida. Again, it's self-explanatory. Yeah. I described Florida the other day to Seb as the Australia of the United States. <laughs> uh, in just that everything there wants to kill you? Everything there wants to kill you. Alligators. Are there any yeah. safe regions in the united states texas often loses huge amounts of electricity like the grid is built on tinfoil and is it also part of tornado alley yeah i think the top of texas is tornado alley yeah it's, um that's that's damned where is the starter zone of the united states like is it delaware i was gonna say like idaho yeah, I think Idaho. Somewhere, maybe um, Montana. Yeah, one of the one of the states that's border is just a rectangle. Yeah, something that is very municipally defined. <laughs> um, yeah, like big sky country. But then you have like the Badlands is a huge part of the big sky zone. They got some snakes, I bet. They've got uh, anything Josh Brolin has to deal with in a <laughs> in a TV show. Uh, you ever what you you watch a little bit of uh, Outer Range, right? Yeah. Oh, I I finished the first season. I haven't finished it. We watched um, about half of it, and then I didn't want to wait week to week, so we watched something else. But that's a show where Josh Brolin finds a mystical hole in his backyard and by his backyard i mean his range because he's a farmer yeah it's miles and miles of backyard (laughs) the 
backyard stretches as far as the eye can see. Um, and it's great. Uh, Imogen Poots is in it. She's wild in it too. Yeah, she's awesome. Um, there is a guy. Okay, so like, you should watch the show number one if Josh Brolin and Mystical Hole didn't sink you nothing else i could say is gonna do anything but there is an actor who plays the rival farm lord who is like a collector of strange art from the 80s and he talks about it in this way that i still think about and i had watched this like a month months ago at this point where he's like he could only further his own desires in like transgressive imagery by buying the most strange and gooey and sexy art he could find and he has this line he's like i want it gooey (laughs) and i just think about like being so in tune with your own like artistic goals that like yeah the gooier the better for me that's it that's really good um also his son sings in like every episode (laughs) It's so funny. What if and it's we had ba- a character who sang a lot? <laughs> and he was bad, and he was really embarrassing. I think, like, that character speaks so much to um, how those kids were raised, and I really like that part. Like, each... I forget what that family's name is. Yeah, I don't remember. Um, this, is, this show is, like, Friday Night Lights, but if it was um, Friday Night Lights when they are abducting you by aliens or something (laughs) at a rodeo at a rodeo i'm getting abducted at a rodeo and that's a pretty good campfire deck yeah you just had the campfire night at um morning ritual how did that yeah oh it was awesome um we last week did an event where we had tables set up and i had like pre-built the decks of some of the stories and like so people could just come in and start playing right away. Um, we had four stations set up, each with a different deck, and they each got played. Like people showed up. I was really nervous because it was an RSVP thing, but it was free, so no, oh, so no one RSVP'd. Like a, yeah, a shit show with uh, anticipating. Yeah, it. and then the Classic day of, I got show. I got yeah. yeah, like five or six RSVPs, and then uh, yeah, there was about a dozen people there playing campfire which was really rad and that's amazing i really wanted to play i actually haven't been able to play since i got the physical edition uh but i had to facilitate so i was just kind of moving around the room making sure everybody was having a good time and didn't need any rules assistance or anything um and i would just get these bits and pieces as i pass a table (laughs) that was like just the most fun thing of just like the big guys peeling this leather off of these body parts. And I was like, wow, Uh, wow, they are, they sure are. Um, and it was cool too, to hear people talk about like camera angles or like what's happening off camera. Like, because that's so much of how I play and how you and I played together is like painting that picture uh, in one another's mind. And it was really cool to see people do that without being instructed to do that or, having like very limited to no story game experience and having that be intuitive. So that was really rad. Um, That's amazing. What, what an interesting nugget of like 
play culture that just is something people will do. Yeah, just like helping someone envision something and using the language of movies to do so because that's such a, especially with horror, probably like the main way most people engage with those genres. Right, yeah. That's so cool. I'm so glad it went so well. Me that's too. A dozen people is uh, astounding for an event. Like, that is so great. Yeah. And there was a cool drink, right? Yeah, we did the Camp Keeper Old Fashioned, which was a non-alcoholic uh, whiskey with orange bitters and burnt rosemary that was on fire when you were given the drink and activated charcoal so the drink was pitch black. And uh, so, sounds so good. It was. It tasted great, but also the aesthetic of it was very on point. Um, they do a really great job of doing that kind of stuff. There's. Uh, I'm actually going tomorrow to the drink and draw drag night. Uh, cool. I'm not sure if there's going to be a special drink because this also happens to be the cafe's second birthday, so they're doing a birthday party drink this weekend. The funfetti drink. They just do so many good drinks. And, like, I'm there almost every day anyway. But now I have reason to be because I want to try all these fleeting Got to catch them all, yeah. It's getting your Pokemon Yeah, truly. I wish there... Okay, coffee lemonade, we know, is the uh, unofficial drink of the Braintress Discord. Yes. Aside from lead lead and G Fuel. (laughs) (laughs) Mugs no longer available. So coffee lemonade, it is iced coffee and lemonade, about half and half. Do whatever you want. Um, We have a local coffee shop called Hunter in York, Ontario, which is really great. Um, But I slipped, it slipped out of my mouth one day. I asked like, oh, and do you do coffee lemonade? Because they have really great tart lemonade and they have great cold brew. And the look of horror that everyone in this coffee <laughs> shop shot me. Uh, Tor- Toronto, I have to say to everyone who hasn't been there, they do not know what iced coffee is. It is a new concept. It is extremely dangerous to introduce Canadians to the idea of iced coffee. Um, the first couple times I went to Toronto, I just started asking places if they had iced coffee, and I would get laughed at and almost out. That's but so I needed wild. the caffeine. I don't know. Um, I think I went to a lot of like um, second wave coffee shops. I guess that mm. is like a coffee shop that would not necessarily have cold brew all the time. Right. Like it's a new. Product. Yeah. Or it's like very seasonal and like you need a solstice to tell you when to start <laughs> making it. Um, but. I floated this idea. I'm making it sound like oh, this is how I started my business. Um, <laughs> I was like, yeah, it's just coffee and lemonade. And they were like, what the fuck are you talking about? Um, officer, they're right here. We have you surrounded. <laughs> and uh, they asked me about it and mentioned it every day, every time I went there for maybe a month and a half until they made it for me. And every barista this is like the first day of seven eyes vacation which we took about two weeks ago this is my third day back uh feels great um and every barista there was like four people in this cafe surrounding the drink making table 
everyone was holding a different <laughs> item of how to make it. So one person like had the lemonade jug and another coffee. Someone um, operating the till and another just watching. And they made it and they were like, we hope it's... They were treating it like poison. Like I was... They were. <laughs> I had to confirm that I knew what I was doing. That I had an emergency contact on file. But it was good. It was... Did, Coffee lemonade just is good. Did any of them try it? They were scared to try it. Like, it is really weird. You would. It was like I was telling them to add f- like bleach <laughs> into uh, whatever the thing is that makes mustard gas. Ammonia. I was like, oh, I drank ammonia and bleach separately all the time. So <laughs> if you just put them together, it's gonna be great. That's so strange. I feel like. A prerequisite of working in coffee should be that you want to try drinks. But what do I know? Um, the ritual yeah, totally. one currently is an espresso and lemonade with a lavender syrup. And that's pretty awesome. Like uh, the pivot from cold brew to espresso was no- noticeable. And Okay brings in a lot more of that like brightness that the lemonade yeah. kind of has instead of you know cold brew which is more chocolatey I, mm-hmm. i'm that's my current that's my current obsession uh like a really good lavender infused drink is really great yeah we we used to live near a place that would have like killer lavender simple syrup that made it all different what say you we go down a mysterious hole <laughs> of games <laughs> Are you familiar with the Greek god Cronus? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Uh, we'll come back from a break and we'll start talking about this mysterious hole we call Game Jams. Sound good? Yeah. All right. <laughs> throw this anywhere as an update from our last episode segment i quit playing elden ring i'm done (laughs) (laughs) we were gonna we were gonna do the recurring like how right oh wait let's do that yeah that's over the end (laughs) too hard elden ring report too hard don't ring like it well narratively what you decided was that you're not fit to lead the lands between I don't know a, an ounce of the story of this game. So here's the story. You're like a fucked up guy and you live somewhere that's the worst. Uh-huh. And you kill everyone. Yeah. Um yeah, I understand. I totally get why I've quit every I quit Elden Ring. I I'm not playing it anymore. What what did what did it for you? Was it was it someone with a name that made you stop in the game? There's no particular no. Um, there was no particular thing that made me quit. I did. Find, I was watching a YouTube video and doing the steps of like how to get OP in the first whatever. Um, yeah, it's always hard to get it's, this. It's staff. Like you're suddenly playing a new type of game, and it was like when you're following a YouTube guide. Go to this place 
to the grace point or whatever. And I was like, okay, cool. I found that point. And then there's, um, I'm pretty sure its name was Big Pumpkinhead. <laughs> Pumpkinhead. And um, the tutorial on YouTube did not tell me there was a boss involved in me trying to do this dumb thing. And I couldn't do it. Uh, just was never fun to me. That, yeah. That's not, yeah. Now I'm going to play Miles Morales Spider-Man. Oh, that's going to be way more fun. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. And more enriching, honestly. Yeah. I, I quit Elden Ring around the crumbling area. People know what I'm talking about. I, with these games, I can remember the, people or things that are waiting for me when I boot it back up. So in Sekiro, there is a big Yeti who is waiting to kick my ass. Um, I dropped Elden Ring to play Bloodborne, and there is a a monster literally called the Brain Trust that, (laughs) that has this, like, I don't know if this is, you know people's uh impression of what the brain trust is might be really close to this but it's a monster that the closer you get the more you die and <laughs> you, it just gives you a fear aura so that's that's what's waiting for me there i don't remember all the dark souls where they kicked me out but i'm somewhere in all of those lands but yeah I feel like it has to... Elden Ring, to have its full effect, I don't think it could be your first FromSoft game. Mm. But I only tried because people said it was one of the more accessible ones. But and now, now you see what they mean. That, that, that really means do not interact. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> the other games are like, fuck you. Yeah. Um, yeah, what you been playing recently? Uh, nothing really. I mean, I made that call and then I just today, uh, had to change my PlayStation Plus to get uh, the, the like collection of games or whatever. Oh, nice. Cause they're doing that subscription thing. That's not quite as good as games pass, but similar. Yeah. So yeah, nothing going to download some stuff after this. Probably if my power stays on. <laughs> I, uh, over my break, I beat Cyberpunk, and I started playing The Witcher 3. I've and considered that for a long time, especially because I really liked Skyrim, even though I'm not a fantasy head. Just, like, walking through that world is really fun. Yeah, uh, The Witcher is amazing. I've played it before, and I am... I turned it back on. Uh, there is some DLC that the DLC itself won a bunch of awards. So I just grabbed it for like 10 bucks and I love it. I love Geralt. Um, he is very funny. The game, these games are as good as their smallest, funkiest side quest. So they got funky side quests in spades, <laughs> uh, which is great. So like one side quest is that you are walking by and you see these two, um townspeople uh praying and s- to a shrine and they're like oh the this the god the all god doesn't want our pitiful sacrifices we're in war times we we don't have any of this stuff but you know we just need something and then they're arguing with each other like what they should give and how they should give it and the witcher's like what the fuck are you guys talking about <laughs> and uh, the Witcher then asks, like, okay, let me go talk to 
this god and see what he wants. <laughs> and you uh, end up looking around and find that they are talking into a hole in some ruins. And then you find the entrance to the hole, and there's a guy down there that's requiring food and water <laughs> as a god. And you have to, like, negotiate with him to, like, what's fair to the town? Like, you, we, you can either, like, yeah, we want to keep this spiritual aspect of their lives, which is clearly helping, but make it more doable for them. Or you're like, I'm going to kill you, you freak. Or, yeah. Um, the Witcher's great. Uh, he's an icon for me. He loves baths. What else yeah, do I gotta say? Great. <laughs> he likes to put a little potion on his sword to make him better at killing specters. That's a good. That's a good feature. Yeah. Oh, but anyway, yeah, Cyberpunk. I think people got that game really wrong. Um, there is actually no cybering in that game. Like no hacking and. No, there's no cybering. Are you familiar with cybering? <laughs> Do you yeah, know what that I is? just assumed that you didn't mean that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I could not cyber once in this game, so I obviously had to return it. <laughs> but yes, there's the uh, second and last Elden Ring report. <laughs> yeah, what a what a series it has been. Uh, I think our next series will probably be the run up to Gen Con for us, which we will be at. <laughs> Yeah, long long time listeners know and love Adam and Will live at Gen Con. We're usually do. We're gonna be back this year. We're going early and we are staying late. <laughs> Stay in line, everyone. <laughs> You're in line. The Fantasy Flight booth for the Star Wars Imperial Army. Stay in line. <laughs> if you're in line at True Dungeon to get executed, <laughs> stay in line. <laughs> if you're in line to buy hentai on the floor, <laughs> stay in line. Um, damn, I hope they're still not selling hentai there. I guess whatever. I don't know. I'm not qualified here. Okay, so when we come back from break, we'll talk about some game jams, including the Torque uh, Designer Derby, the Summer Long Torque Yodathon. We're back on the Brain Trust, and we're talking about jamming. We jamming. <laughs> we we jamming. Um, as Bob Marley said. <laughs> as Bob Marley and the Whalers once said, "No jam, no cry." Uh, yeah, we talking about game jams, and why don't you uh lead the the discussion here with the Twerk Jam? Um. That's kind of yes. at the front of my mind. That was the inspo for us wanting to talk about the concept at all. And this is, of yeah, course, so not the first time we've talked about a game jam. This might be... We, th- we've... Oh, we, okay. remember when we did games... Wait, we did... You did games jam. We did tech jam. Okay, I guess we kind of are pretty familiar with the game, with the jam concept. <laughs> we can always... I know, think we're... Return. My, my, I think the intent here was to talk specifically <laughs> about fostering and throwing a jam. Yeah. Instead of like participating, jamming. In we instead of uh, we jamming, it's like you jamming <laughs> or me. Um, yeah. So uh, today, as of time of recording, I just announced the Torque Designer Derby, which at time of release probably uh, will be 
out. Um, and this jam uh, will run all summer. And I realized today by doing that, it is not even summer right now. Legally? It's legally not summer. Um, and if you're experiencing summer-like symptoms, do not tweet about it. Um, <laughs> stay in line. <laughs> uh, and this whole jam concept is that I just want to uh, have an open, um, long design conversation with people about Torque uh, in a lot of different facets. So part of that is um, playing Torque on stream, whether it's on a Tony plus one stream on Twitch or my own, which I set up this week as well, which is pretty cool. Follow that at Will or twitch.tv slash will yopst um but the concept is that uh there's lots of resources available that i'll make available for torque um for people to come and do whatever they want and torque's license is a right to repair so once you buy the game it's yours and you can do anything with it um go nuts i don't even think you have to buy the game you can just do it um so a super wide open license and just seeing what people want to make, knowing that I made a game that's really modular and has a lot of knobs for people to tweak and they can pop open the hood and stuff like that. So that is the Torque Designer Derby um, running all summer. You can find it at uh, the link will be in the show notes <laughs> of this episode <laughs> and you can find it uh, as my pinned tweet on Twitter. Um but yeah, I I want this jam to be a little bit different. <laughs> I'm a little bit different um, than other jams where it's kind of a hands-off. Uh, this is just an, a place to put ideas around a concept, which our previous jams have been like. Um, and I just wanted to create a bunch of resources for making a jam so for example for me that includes uh graphic design assets uh, making sure that there is a plain text edition for people to use a pocket uh card edition of the rules a play space sample adventures new classes stuff like that so there's kind of no question on is there support or not? And so another part of that is making sure that I am talking about new submissions and uh, helping foster a community around playing this game. So the secret goal of the Torque Design Derby is to make the game a little bit more visible and approachable with video content and stuff like that. So, well, yeah, what's, what's your thoughts on this stuff? Yeah, I think there's a lot of value I saw when you announced today that there's a lot of stuff that comes with it like it's not just hey let's celebrate torque go do your thing um, the stuff that you provide for people to do those things is really important and encouraging and I think a lot of I don't see that often with a lot of jams unless it's like an SRD thing which is its own support system right in a particular language you know um i think we talked about that before too of just like this is only f really for other designers which is 
fine and great. I've been enjoying reading a lot of those lately. Um, but sort of uh, hard to understand or engage with as maybe a first-time designer or a not-designer. Um, yeah, it it feels like there's sometimes its own language. Right. Uh, with, you know, something like the Blades in the Dark jam or, like, finding something. So something I was thinking of of providing is a, like, what could I make for this? Like, that kind of paragraph. Yeah, I mean... And, I so one of the things that's coming is the half hardcore adventure. Mm-hmm. That to me even already is like a here's an example of something that is in this purview. And I think that's really helpful. I usually try when I'm taking part in a jam or especially if I'm someone who's leading it. I don't know, that feels like a weird thing to say. <laughs> Hosting, that's it. Um is I try to have a submission early on one to just you know have any submissions to show that this is a live jam but also yeah as a as like a case study of like here's how i interpreted my own kind of submission guidelines or what i wanted the sort of thing that like works for me in terms of expansion content yeah right i think you're really good at that with something like stellar remnants which is like here is the gamut of things that you can put in this game or you know so i'm inspired by stuff like that which i like i want people to get really creative and i'm not looking for someone to make free adventures for me like i can make free adventures for me all day right um but just to open that conversation about how can you leverage this system or whatever yeah and especially with something as layered as Torque, there's a lot of stuff you could do. Um, whether that be like player character stuff or adversarial kind of stuff. There's obviously the road and the rest stop is two different play modes, mm-hmm. and both of those could be hacked or tweaked or skinned or whatever to be a, a different thing. Um, even divorcing the two, like maybe having an adventure that's only rest stop right. or only road is compelling. Um, yeah, that's one of the fun things of Torque as this like sort of toy box of you your play your gameplay is gonna be whatever you find the the coolest in the, the dentist's prize chest, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it is my slappy stand rope. It often looks like they don't all go together, but I don't think we, as the chest curators, expect you to use everything. So, yeah, a slappy bracelet and a bubble blower are plenty of fun. You don't also need a snow globe. Right, yeah. And I think, so one part is making sure, like you said, there's a lot of resources and assets. And, like, I'm walking the walk, as Alfred Valley said, talking the torque. Um, in <laughs> the the jam itself, but also um, I want to be engaging from a perspective of giving spotlight time to people that submit stuff and like reading stuff on stream or reviewing it. Or, I mean, the dream is to do what Johan does for Mork Borg, which is providing covers for people. Yeah, um, which is like 
both of us as like graphic designers feels like if I had that at a time where I didn't have the graphic design chops, that would really boost me into a triple loop-de-loop of feeling (laughs) cool and legit. And so providing the, I have enough kind of basic graphical assets. Torque is really not um, a ridiculously laid out book. It's just like consistent and has strong choices. And so I can just provide templates and things like that to make it really, really doable. That was um, a fun thing I got to do with the Scratch and Claw Jam last year, too, was offer, like, I can draw you one animal and do some lettering that matches the style. And oh, that's so great. So every contribution to that jam still matched the aesthetic of the core game and kind of added to this lexicon that was that game's little bubble which was fun and i think too there's something like you said of easing that burden for creators to want to make something will then lead to more things being made right and i think like if i'm submitting to this jam what i would love is if someone read my work if someone played my work and if someone bought or reviewed my shit um so something I can do is play people's stuff on stream, and then I think that would be cool. And reading stuff on stream, uh, I'm kind of a streamer now. That's <laughs> my new thing. I noticed you keep talking about streams. Streams, and not talking rivers. I'm talking uh, webcam. Um, yeah, so at time of record, we will be playing Torque on stream uh, with Tony. Um, I'll be playing with uh, Aaron King, Sarah Frank, and Tony. And through the Torque Yodathon design derby <laughs> all summer long, um, probably once a month or maybe a little sooner, I will be on with Tony talking about Torque, playing Torque, and then again on my own streams and stuff. So. Uh, just making sure, you know, we are at the kind of six-month point after a game comes out where it starts getting played. So just making sure that all the pieces are in place for people to get started. Yeah, that's rad. I also realize I am I get to uh, put Chain Face in there as Hell on day yeah. one because Chain Face came preloaded with a little torque uh, stat block as an adversary. Awesome. Yeah, and then... I guess what else I can do is, like, have a thing on the Torque Itch page and on the Good Luck page that has all the jam entries, but also shout them out in the Good Luck Press newsletter and on Twitter and stuff. Um, Yeah, I'm just thinking, like, as a game designer, for you, like, what would you like to see from a host side if you're submitting to something? What is there stuff that, like... Shows that you are being appreciated or seen or, you know what. One of the things I would love, which gets into some hairy licensing stuff, can't potentially, is a font library. Or at least like a, here. hey, here's where I bought these fonts. Um, totally. Yeah. Because, you know, in a perfect world, we could just be like, this is, here it is, here's my template, and it, the pr- fonts are preloaded. But I know you and I buy a lot of licensed fonts and use stuff that we don't have the right to share. Um, but even just like having those 
shareable links because then I can decide like if I want to spend money and support this other creator making cool stuff um, that will then help me make cool stuff that matches I feel like that's a thing I get hung up on a lot when I want to make a jam entry is style matching uh, right and I know I think you said you'll have like templates available to you for like layout and that kind of thing or you said graphic design elements yeah so templates are great uh, the body and header types are free so the header type is the um, is called highway gothic interstate gothic I believe and it's what all of the US interstate signs Red, use yeah. And then the other one that's like the more titly one is also free online. So I'll have uh, like a used doc that shows, you know, how to make it make sense together and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I think that's great. I think an extension of that, too, is if you have any art assets, whether they be like B-sides from the record or texture packs or, again, just like anything to ease the publishing burden. I think those rule... Um, when I did the Necronautilus art pack, it was probably it was predominantly new stuff that I had drawn with that in mind. But there were a few things from the core book that I could reuse, which again, like it's a privilege because I drew those. They're mine to mess with if I choose to. So, giving people full print size assets of mine that were actually in the core book um, to ensure that again it looks of a minimum quality grade and it mm. matches this sort of style language of Necronautilus. Um, I think that stuff's really rad and I would definitely use that sort of thing rather than try to scramble and make whole cloth something publishable. Although that's again, this weird hang up I have that a jam entry is like a published thing. Um, which isn't inherently always true. Like a jam entry can be right. a Google Doc export or whatever. Like it doesn't have to be fancy. I just, whenever I make something, I have the print version of it at the front of my mind. And so I, right. I start, you know, every file I make has the bleed set up before I start. I've never done like a digital minded thing in that way. So I want all my stuff to be polished, but that's because my stuff is known for that you know the visual style is such a massive aspect of my games output and you have the whole pipeline as a part of you right like it's art it's the first thought of design so yeah and i think i can lay stuff out on stream like that seems easy. oh yeah if people want that they could just hit me up and we were talking um, to you about do the, the torque treatment doing like inspiration streams or like yeah, kind of curating look. I feel like uh, showing how certain stuff is done beyond just like, hey, here's the art pack. It's like, here's how I layer my textures to get this effect or whatever. Um, yeah. I think that's yeah. pretty rad. And that's like, I, I love watching people do art and layout. That's one of my favorite things. Like, I'll just watch someone on YouTube draw passively. It's, it's the best. Yeah. Um, as a tangent, like over my break, I got back into um, drafting and art because I got the toxic idea that I will do the art for Big Grave. 
and I love learning fundamentals for any art. Like I've realized that like for whether it's music or like fine art or digital art um, or layout, just like drilling the fundamentals is so fun to me. But I found a whole new world on YouTube of like digital artists who I think are amazing. And it's like all I watch now. It's the best. Yeah, I just recently got an iPad and started learning Procreate. And so hell yeah, it's very similar because I'll watch like, oh, I still don't know how to do certain things like merging my layers or whatever, which is so intuitive to me in Photoshop that I've used for 20 years. So I have to look up everything. But in doing so, I find all these weird, cool artists who are doing tutorials or making brushes and resource packs and stuff. I love the whole thing on Procreate where people will find a frame from a movie they like or like a cartoon and make that the brush and make it so small that no one could see that you have um, (laughs) Jerry Seinfeld from the B movie as your brush. I haven't seen that, but that's awesome. (laughs) So yeah, so a lot of brushes will just be that, but yeah. um, And that we have, so I think what we're talking about is that like we have abilities and resources that we can spend on people that are submitting and that could be layout or just providing the resources like we've talked about, but also just like you're also opening up your process to other folks and kind of spreading your work and art and whatever in a helpful way, which I, yeah, like it comes back to the Mark Borg thing or the scratch and claw thing where you are actually spending your time with people's work. And that's community. I think, right. I think that's probably the number one lesson to jam hosting or facilitating is this is uh, a cycle. It's a mutually beneficial thing. You have to also do what you can to, help the people who are helping you by you know, contributing to your game yeah cool shit i'm i'm excited for it um i am ready to uh make a bunch of weird stuff for it that just like exercising out ideas that i've just had with the system i'm excited to play it a bunch um torque's really fun <laughs> and yeah, um, I already see people on Twitter. I see Viditia alluding to making a pod racing game, which would be awesome. Yeah. I would personally play the shit out of that. Um, but yeah, so like I said, you can find that as my pinned tweet on Twitter. Um, the Oh my god, I could have just found the jam title and then I could say it right here and that would be so helpful. It is itch.io slash jam slash torque space design space derby. It's not spaces, it's dashes. So that's itch.io slash jam slash torque dash design dash derby. It'll be running for three months uh, through the whole summer and I plan to provide all these resources like we've talked about here. So check it out. Um, if you are curious about design in general, a jam is a cool low, uh, barrier to entry way to make something. If you're interested in, uh, ripping this apart and building your own, uh, heartbreaker car, 
whatever uh go do that it's gonna be fun hell yeah They just get this pop-up that says the summer the west could see four climate disasters at once uh speaking of whoa to, to loop, loop back um that would be a drought a heat power outage and fire all in california <laughs> it's interesting putting so okay new segment we're coming back to talking about natural disasters um okay power as a natural disaster that's interesting that th- that sounds like a human disaster. If you think about it, electricity comes from God, so okay, it is a natural resource. <laughs> Praise him. <laughs> He's the light of my life. Um, yeah. What disasters have you lived through? Definitely tornadoes. I grew up in Indiana, so um, there were t- there were tornadoes. I don't know that I ever I saw like a touch. I don't, I definitely never saw a touchdown. But they were around, and they scared the living hell out of me. I thought you were a big Colts Colts fan. Is that related? Never saw a, touch, never saw a touchdown. Oh, nice. <laughs> nice. Um, I was third string. Yeah. I played high school football, so I literally never saw a touchdown. <laughs> that wasn't really my thing. Three people had yeah. to get hurt before I would get a turn. I think I've hid in the laundry room once, and that was... The little room in the basement with a washing machine um but I, yeah I, I wouldn't say that we actually had tornadoes in maryland we definitely had hurricanes and earthquake blizzards um, um i had earthquakes when i lived in california yeah always sketchy um the literal so earth the is list? quaking like it's it's fucked up it's it makes your brain um i mean you panic right i mean there's no there's no other choice there's no real rational it's like turbulence on a plane though where i go isn't this crazy (laughs) this is something i noticed something i noticed on my lost rewatch is that jj abrams loves um having someone in a plane hitting the ceiling and then hitting the god i just what did i just see that involved that uh you're gonna feel two hits, me hitting the ceiling and then me hitting the ground. Shit! I watched a movie this week. Um, it's definitely like in Inception. Like it's all over the place with uh, post aughts action stuff. Is someone hitting? Whenever you're watching a movie and you see someone hit the ceiling and then hit the ground, I want you to think of me and let me know what you watched that had that. It, they show the same clip in Lost of the same sucker getting <laughs> domed on the baggage compartment. Yeah, passenger and then the number eight or whatever, just unnamed. Yeah, unnamed. Yeah, <laughs> so someone's some executive producer's child gets is getting whipped around on ropes. Um. Yeah, I went through some. I there was a hurricane when I first moved to Boston, like the day I moved to Boston, but. It was not that bad. I was up in Beverly and just kind of like watched the waves get big. 
Oh yeah. It was kind of tranquil, but by the time yeah, so, by the time it got that far up, it was pretty soft. So what I want to this is going to sound like a hard tangent, but what I want to do with Heckheads, which is the kind of Gamma World inspired post-apocalyptic game that's going to be a zine at Good Luck Press, um, is to have a system and then have a uh, setting pack that plugs into the system, and each thing will be a different um, apocalyptic disaster that the world is changed by. So the first one will be King Tide, which is this concept of the moon is closer than it should be, so there is a rolling tidal wave that goes around the whole world. You can't call it roll tide? I, uh, <laughs> I no longer live in the United States, um, so I can't... Uh, at, Bama will uh, file suit against me, because I don't have eminent domain to say roll tide. <laughs> I can say hook em horns, because of... Um, <laughs> by texas ancestry but yeah um so the whole thing is you're in a city and you are uh exploring and getting resources when it's low tide and then everything hits the fan when the the tidal wave rolls through um and so yeah it's called king tide and so i'm basing a lot of the ideas of setting packs of keying into this at the table mechanic called the trouble track and the trouble dice and so when the treble track maxes out, there is a special dice that you have to use on every single roll after that until the track runs out. So there's like a reoccurring kind of the clock strikes midnight and everything bad happens um, just to mirror like an ecological collapse affecting gameplay in some way. Did you just like look up the year five sixty two and just write down everything that happened is one oh, it's so is a scenario good. for heckheads? It's so good. I want to. I was de- I was texting you the other day weeks ago at this point, but I wanted to make like yeah five sixty two. Everyone five sixty two was the worst year to be alive. Um, there was like an ice age. The there was the dust veil, which is where. Uh, they they're like probably Krakatoa happened and then the entire world was encased in dust. <laughs> um, yeah, there was just like no sun for like four years, and people were like, uh, Ragnar like a lot of concepts of Ragnarok, um, Nordic historians and like his. Uh, mythologians like basically a researcher that studies anthropology and mythology at the same time say that like uh, a lot of these concepts of thimble winter which is when Loki pops off with his animal children um, (laughs) and uh, begin Ragnarok is really just a processing cultural memory of the dust veil a ecological event and there are Romans that write about it uh, just as part as their, it's part of the like worst time to be in Rome as well, and uh, just throughout the world, it's a bad time. And obviously, I hear that and I say, "Wow, I would love to role play someone <laughs> handling their shit there." Um, as two people sitting here living in another worst time to be alive, um, sell games yeah. for a living. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I have to. I have to learn what fucking OBS is and Twitch. <laughs> Romans had nothing. These Romans never had to deal with Discord. The only Discord they had was when the Circus Maximus ran out of gladiators. Nice. Yeah, we're going to the Circus Maximus. We're going to watch some Christians get eaten by lions. <laughs> Sounds pretty good. Um, not specifically, but in general. Uh, yeah. And so I'm just sitting here th- hearing all these natural disasters, hearing people hit the floor and hit the ceiling and hit the floor again. Um, that, that'll be a cool, fun thing to do is think about all these interesting natural disasters and, like, extrapolate them into a gameable zone. I don't know why I like that as a play space so much, but I super do. I think there's something interesting. I think Heckheads does it in, like, a very tongue-in-cheek fun way, too. Because with Gamma World, or with what we were playing, uh, I guess this was two years ago now, was wow. that it was like a nuclear wasteland, like post, pr- probably like a almost like Fallout style retro future, but it has some right. like Gonzo elements to it. And I think that's what makes those things fun, is that sort of, again, like extrapolating the, the Tide culture, right? So you have this sort of strife of it all that it's going to wipe out all these resources and it's going to be hard for you to you know get in get out but there's something innately funny and like i think it's kind of the human experience too of just like making jokes out of tragedies right you know like the 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 king tide sales merchant who's selling or like renting canoes you know and (laughs) yeah it's like tides out i'm gonna take my lunch break or whatever like there's something funny to that character's life um that you can't help but laugh at because if you don't, you cry. Right. That there could be something so alien to us now, like a giant tidal wave ravaging us on a, you know, twice weekly basis that once you're like six tidal waves in, you start to like (laughs) stop skipping lunch. (laughs) Like, like, yeah, that it becomes sort of normal and every day. And then, you know, a gameable element of that is how far can I push my luck before the wave comes? Or like, how do I maintain this building that my community lives right. in? Right. You because know, you'll have like the thrill seeker. You'll have, you know, like the surfers who want to catch the king tide every week and they train yeah. all week to catch the gnarliest wave or whatever, because it just becomes part of life. And then those four days in between they do their normal life i guess you know like they yeah that and it, you know that does reflect our existence again as people who make games in a fucked up world like that's innately pretty funny if we want to you know if we can be honest with ourselves right and I think it's absurd that yeah is fun to do again because otherwise it becomes really tragic Life is absurd, and you gotta laugh, yeah. like you were saying. Uh, but to talk about game design for a second, if you're that surfer in the game of Heckheads, you are pushing the trouble track to 
its end point to make it happen. Yeah, you want it to so, happen. Yeah, you can get it to happen faster and happen more often. Um, but, you know, that can sometimes happen at the, the worst possible moment. So that's that sounds like, speaking of worst possible moment, it sounds like the podcast is over. <laughs> uh, Adam, thank you so much for being my co-host on this podcast. Where can it's people find you? It's been a you? pleasure, Will. I'm at worldchamp.io. It's our last <laughs> podcast. Thank you to everybody. Uh, uh, thank you to my family being so supportive. Thanks to Seb. Thanks to Toronto. All of it. All of it. Uh, yeah, I'm at worldchamp.io for all of my print games. Uh, worldchampgameco.itch.io for all my digital stuff. Uh, this all month long, I'll have that bundle still of Necronautilus, Babes in the Wood, Cobwebs, all my most popular stuff you can get for 25 bucks, uh, which is 73% off the total price. It's an amazing deal. Because I want to make some other dumb stuff, and I just need to raise some money to kind of justify doing so. Uh, like the game Forever Horse that's coming to Patreon, hopefully in August. I think I'm going to miss this month and, and do it next month. Uh Cyber Metal, Soul Burner, they're all still happening and in progress, and I'm just getting to business now. Uh, how about you? Um, I'm at will.com. Uh, I'm going to start streaming uh, when I can, so go follow me on Twitch um, and to get notified when I'm live. Uh, and yeah, the game's update is that uh, obviously the Torque Design Derby is happening streams all that shit um big grave uh, continues on with playtesting and so does this discord has ghosts in it if you're interested in playtesting any of our games or hanging out with us come join the brain trust discord which um is a cool place to hang out i get inspired there every day uh with the cool shit people are working on and the cool art people share um so come hang out there but otherwise we'll see you soon Brain emoji, handshake emoji.